0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. I'm your host, Davey Wavy, and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I have the wonderful Shayla coming back on, uh, minus her significant other, uh, Fraser, or Fraser, uh, how she likes to call him. But uh, yeah, we're just diving into uh, 50s and 60s rock and roll. And uh, the spirituality that uh, is tied into it. And um, uh, there's some 70s, 80s, 90s rock and 2000s, all that stuff. But yeah, mainly 50s and 60s. But uh, yeah, we're probably going to do a two part on this one because there's a lot of stuff going on in the whole industry with uh, rock and roll and uh this is just what we grew up with and everything so uh and it's amazing to me because she's 25 and i'm 42 so uh, i'm just surprised by her amount of knowledge that she's dropping but uh yeah tune in guys thank you so much and uh smoke a doob, drink a beer do we gotta do relax and enjoy the show welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another episode of red bill cartel i have the lovely shayla ben here uh and we're gonna talk uh a lot about like 50s music and uh elvis and beatles and buddy holly and all that good shit so uh buckle up folks let's go shayla how are you
1: i'm doing awesome how are you doing fantastic Super excited for this topic, because I know it's something both of us know a fair amount about. So I feel like, you know, we can make a good conversation of it. So,
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, like, I grew up listening to stuff like this as well, and always, always have had the uh, appreciation for it. So, yeah, and it's it's amazing to me that, like, I'm 42 and you're, like, what, 25?
1: Yeah, I'm 25.
0: You have, like, a vast amount of knowledge on this, like, probably more than me, so.
1: I guess we'll see. We'll see.
0: yeah i mean um you did get on ryan's show that's how i heard of you actually because i was listening to dangerous world for like quite frequently a little bit more than uh tinfoil hat just because i find ryan has like a a really uh awesome demeanor and he's fucking hilarious so i enjoy his show um but now that i got to know him he's like even cooler because he's a cool guy right so uh but yeah enough uh sucking Ryan's dick here so what do you you know a lot about Elvis so uh tell me about what you know about Elvis and like do you did Elvis have any kind of paranormal experiences do you
1: think not that I'm entirely aware um of uh my not Elvis knowledge tends to focus I kind of focus more a little bit on his close personal life that was more of an interest for me I was more fascinated by Priscilla um because I just I found it so fascinating once I started to read about her because um, no one knew anything about her. Right. And most of the knowledge that's out there on her is not correct. Right. I see, t- I've seen tons of articles in my research stating her age wrong, even her name wrong kind of thing. Well, they're right?
0: probably trying to disguise the fact that Elvis was kind of a uh, quote unquote grooming her at like 14.
1: Yeah. Well, essentially. Yeah. They met at, 14 she was 14 he was like 25 26 and you know they wrap it up as this this romantic love story when that's not the case right and I hope by the end of the episode we can kind of show the viewers that there's actually a lot of things like this with not just the 50s but just because my personal knowledge that there's a lot of stuff from the 50s these rock stars that are painted up kind of fairy tale like and things like that when that's not exactly the case right we really we really romanticize a lot of these these people and these artists right because there's there's a lot of deep shit going on that uh, people didn't know about right so
0: oh for sure like uh, that goes that goes without saying with like most celebrities that we uh you know like we we put them up on a pedestal and that's why the bible says don't worship idols right like because you know we should be worshiping <clears throat> like people you know like because exactly. they're they're all we're all fallen anyway, too. Right. So same goes with me. Like, don't worship me. Like, and don't take what I what I say as uh, face, uh, face value, but do your own research. Right.
1: Exactly. I couldn't agree more with you. But I think I, I just feel like some of these 50 musicians have have it a little more than I would say the average celebrity now. Um, I think it is romanticized a little bit because Elvis's beginnings, how he even got famous in the first place is essentially a lie, right? You know, like they say, oh, he was recording a record for his mother, right? And then the guy discovered him and the rest is history when that's not entirely the case. Elvis was hanging out outside of this record studio to get discovered, right? Kind of thing. And these are little stories and things like that that get told and they're taken as fact. Like I'm sure if you look on his Wikipedia page, that's what it says, right? That's not the case, right? You know, same thing so, with House.
0: So what is the case
1: then? Uh, he was hanging. He was hanging outside Sun Records in Memphis to get discovered, because musicians had been discovered there before, right?
0: Okay. Was he like standing out there, like at like at the beer store and like playing guitar? Uh,
1: I'm sure it's something similar like that, <clears throat> right? Or he may have actually purposely gotten something recorded, but he did not record it for the attention of, for the intention of giving it as a record gift to his mother because they were so poor they couldn't afford a record player
0: right right
1: right and then if we get like with the priscilla stuff right it's just kind of brushed over oh he met her when she was 14 in germany it's like that's not alarming at all to anybody (laughs) you know like it yeah they kind of
0: just they're kind of just like look the other way they don't even think about it because it's elvis he can't do any wrong
1: well exactly but it's interesting that he never had um like this was common this became common knowledge but it was definitely fluffed over but uh, compare it to jerry lee lewis right Jerry Lee Lewis' career was completely destroyed when he married his 13-year-old cousin. <laughs> how old
0: How old was Jerry when he married her?
1: Uh, I'm sure he was probably around that age. He was probably in his mid 20s, I would suspect. God
0: damn, dude, that's fucked up. Uh, where Where was Jerry Lee Lewis from?
1: Uh, Louisiana.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Have you seen Great Balls of Fire with Dennis Quaid? Of
1: course, I've seen that movie. Yeah. He, he, he did a pretty good jerry lee but that that movie is even funny too there's that part in um in great balls of fire where uh i don't know where it was but like jerry's like sitting at the piano somewhere and like elvis comes up to him and he's like because jerry's career was like getting so so big right it was suspected that he was going to become the bigger musician than elvis and the guy playing elvis comes in and he's all like oh just take it take all of it <laughs> you know oh my god it was such a cheesy part but i actually feel Bad for Jerry to some degree, because he actually did not realize that that was wrong. Right. That was such a common occurrence where he grew up in like small, like really, really small town Louisiana. Right. Everybody was getting married at like 15, 16. Right. So it wouldn't have seemed weird to him, and that it was his cousin wasn't even weird then either, right? So, and
0: I mean, like, come on, man, I'll give the guy some credit. His name is Jerry Lee Lewis, right? Right,
1: so. yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. But it's like a name of a hillbilly that turned into a rocker, right?
1: Yeah, but his career, his career never recovered from that, yeah, marriage, right? That sucks well yeah you know he kind of deserved it and then he kind of didn't right you know mm-hmm. um but he went to europe right but the issue that happened there is he had a, like an england tour and the press at the airports go up to his wife his her name was myra and ask her how old she was or something and she had said oh i'm jerry's wife and she had said she was 15. <laughs> she was oh 13. shit and it's like yeah the, even the british like you know and they even the british weren't okay with it right and you see that in the movie right because they're like when they when uh, they leave Britain, right? They're like America doesn't doesn't think like you guys. We're going to be okay when we go back to America. Well, they get back to America and they're obviously, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's never okay to marry your thirteen-year-old uh, cousin, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, tell that to a redneck. Uh,
1: yeah, a yeah, but Elvis arguably did the same thing, right? He met Priscilla at fourteen. She moved into his place at seventeen, right? in a transaction type arrangement right and lived with him to lived lived there till she was 21 and then they got married right and no one knew who she was there was barely any press about her right and then just bam all of a sudden they're married right so that kind of started my interest in in Priscilla because it's just like again no one knew anything about her and then bam, suddenly someone's married to Elvis right so Okay, so Priscilla never saw Elvis perform live until his comeback tour in 1968. So leading up from the time she met him in like late 1959, when he was still in the army, from that point to like the late 60s, that's when all his movies were coming out.
0: Right, okay.
1: So he was doing a couple movies a year, I think at this point, right? And he was, I think at that point, he was like the highest paid actor in Hollywood.
0: That's insane, dude. Like for a musician to be like, one of the highest paid act, or the highest paid, is insane. And like, do you did you enjoy Elvis's movies? Because when I was a kid, I was watching them. Like, when my mom was watching them, I'm like, this this is cheesy as fuck.
1: You know, I am a fan of Viva Las Vegas. I do like that movie, and that's probably arguably his best uh, his best movie. But that's probably more to do with Anne Margaret, right? Like, as well as him, right? They had excellent chemistry, and I don't well, know. Anne
0: Mar- like- Margaret was hot as fuck.
1: I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Well, and she, she was, right? She's a she's a beautiful, she's a beautiful woman, right? And uh, her she's and Elvis. Her and Elvis yeah, Elvis, her and Elvis had a steamy love affair, apparently. And he was with Priscilla while that movie was being filmed too, right? Elvis was notorious for sleeping with his co-stars.
0: Wow, that's wild.
1: Yeah, actually one of one of his co-stars from I think one of his first movies actually ended up becoming a nun. No way. Yeah.
0: Why do you think that is? What What do you think? Does he think, do you think there's anything to that or uh,
1: like, Oh, know. he's the
0: devil. I got to become a nun.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's the the case. Right. I think she had a, I can't even think of her name right now. I didn't even think to, to read up on that at all, but uh, yeah, she ended up becoming like, like a Catholic nun. I think she's still alive.
0: Wow. Interesting. I know.
1: And she was at again, like the height of her career. Right. Had starred in a few movies and suddenly gives it all up to you know become a nun right so that is pretty odd right there's there's a lot of odd things happening you know with people that you know knew Elvis and knew these people right you know you that's how you start researching it you just kind of you find a celebrity and see the people they knew and you know and all you tend to find some really odd connections right
0: oh for sure definitely
1: like you know and, El- and it's funny to think that Elvis was yeah like the highest paid actor in Hollywood at that time right and it's like Ten years previously, he was a rock star. So he spent almost ten years barely even performing on stage.
0: Yeah, that's that's wild. So, what do you think? What other movies were around, or like big movies, uh, when he was uh, the king of the movies?
1: Uh, you know what? I I don't know. I don't know much about sixties movies. Okay. I can't, see, I can't see. I've I've seen very many. I know. Uh, like I know some Bond movies would have been out at that time.
0: Oh yeah, Roger As Moore, well, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I believe Elvis... No. Uh,
0: sorry, uh, Sean Connery.
1: Yeah, because I know Elvis starred a movie with Ursula Anders, and she was a blonde girl. Right. Oh, and they had, they had an affair, I believe.
0: Oh, pushy galore. Oh, yes.
1: Now you're losing me, Davey. I don't know James Bond.
0: Oh, okay, okay, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't um, talk to you about movies. You you know way more than me. Oh, so. that's right.
0: That's right. Like, I know classic movies and uh, more modern or, you know, all the way up till now. Uh, but yeah, so was Elvis friends with Buddy Holly?
1: So I guess this is how we'll start in with the Buddy Holly, because I think uh, I think I got more interesting knowledge on Buddy Holly that people will enjoy. So, OK, wait, Elvis- wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. So Elvis was born where in Memphis?
1: Uh, Tup- Tupelo, Mississippi, which is. Oh,
0: Tup- OK, uh, and and. Uh, Buddy was in from Lubbock, Texas, right?
1: Yes, and I yeah. believe this was before Buddy got big. I think he was still somewhat starting. He actually opened for Elvis in um, Lubbock, Texas. There's footage oh. of it. There's footage of Buddy Holly and Elvis together, right? And this was before Buddy got his like signature look, right? And uh, yeah, With the, like
0: it. the black framed glasses and everything. Yes.
1: Yes, he, he, uh, he looked a little nerdier, a little nerdier back then. Um, I find, I find Buddy insanely fascinating. I think he is quite possibly one of the most fascinating musicians ever, right? I, I think he was just brilliant. And the way, the way people who knew him talk about him is, is beautiful, but also very interesting. Um, Buddy was described as being somebody who lived life in a super rushed way. So people who knew him think think that he had some pre recognition that he was going to die young that he didn't have wow. a lot of time. Um, he you know he rushed, but then he tried to enjoy he tried to enjoy life too, right? Like he turned down tours, and his bandmates would say things to him like, "Oh, buddy, how much money could we make? How much money could we make?" And he's like, "Yeah, but we got to be around to enjoy it." Right. That's the type of person buddy was right and uh he proposed to his wife they say it was their first date i've uh done some research and i i don't believe it was their first date like the first day they met each other that he proposed but that's kind of how the the story kind of goes and buddy's brother retells this story on how he's talking to maria elena holly who was buddy holly's wife she they married about six months before he died um Maria Maria had said to buddy why do you want to marry me you don't even know me and he and he had had honestly responded I don't have time to wow yeah yeah so he he was brilliant and you know and that's sad I find that very you know heavy obviously that people that knew him had that experience with him and just being such a revolutionary for music. Like he, he I think people like to think in the fifties, like everybody wrote their own music. That's not really the case. Um, no,
0: they, they definitely had co-writers. That's just like a lot. And it, it all happens the same way in modern times too, right? Like yeah.
1: Those,
0: um, those, he, not necessarily ghost writers, but they, they they'll, they'll give credit to their writers. But I don't think back then they necessarily did. It's just like, Oh, here comes Buddy Holly with this new song. And they didn't realize that it was actually written by somebody else. Right.
1: Well, it was more so I think it was still like there were songwriters and then there was musicians, right? Right. I, and I, it's very much like that today. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think you'll hate my comparison here, but a person that I could compare Buddy to now would honestly be Taylor Swift, right? She uh, a-
0: also also Pink.
1: Uh, I, w- I, I don't know much about Pink, but I, I will say with Taylor Swift, she is currently re-recording all her old music because her music was sold, right? But because she owns the sheet music because she wrote the music, she's allowed to re-record her music, right? And each time she re-records an old album, the masters that she doesn't own lose value, right? So it's right. honestly genius what she's doing, right? And I think had Buddy lived, he would have done something similar. He was very critical of the music industry and I think he started to realize that towards the end of his life. Yeah. He encouraged he was good friends with the Everly Brothers. And um, you know, they and he they the everly brothers had wanted to started to write their own music right and buddy ended up writing two songs for them because they were very good friends right the everly brothers were actually the ones who got buddy to change his look and get the horn-rimmed glasses but um so he wrote these two songs for the everly brothers they wanted to record them and they wanted to try like writing their own songs and the everly brothers realized that they had signed a contract that they were not allowed to record or write their own music and they were only allowed to record songs Written by this couple, so you know, interesting. I, yeah, yeah. So a lot of these people got arguably fucked on their contracts, right, with their music contracts. So I think had Buddy lived, he he probably would have been kind of revolutionary in that regard, he, right? Yeah,
0: I think he probably would have like um, became um, more independent uh, think- to write his own shit, like and be more experimental with it.
1: Exactly, and he was. We saw how experimental he was the, in the months leading up to his death, right? Um, yeah. the, the stuff he recorded in his apartment, you know, months leading up to his death, he even got into big band stuff. It's like, wow. he, it's like he knew rock and roll was going to change, right? He knew it. It's like he had this pre-recognition on the way it was going, right?
0: He was definitely one gifted individual
1: he was he's he's insanely gifted right and you know it's it's a shame that we he only got to be big for two and a half years and in that two and a half years he's still very relevant
0: yeah he left one hell of a fucking legacy in that two and a half years
1: he did and it's just insane and, and the way he inspired you know like a lot of i don't think people realize that a lot of these like you know 60s 70s you know rock stars that people your age would be you know bigger fans of i'm not super knowledgeable on that music but a lot of a lot of those bands cite buddy holly is a major influence right
0: yeah for sure and like yeah like you were saying like these artists are very short-lived you know yeah uh back back then they were very short-lived like excuse me even the beatles they only had a seven-year span exactly and you see the beatles they go from like she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves me, yeah, yeah. Like, simple pop music yeah. to, like, very complex uh, and it- compositions. And it's just mind-blowing how much they grew in such a short amount of time.
1: Well, and you kind of noticed, too. Um, so, Buddy Holly died in 1959, right? Um, so, the time between 1959 probably the British invasion, music-, music was not very good then. There's not really... It was a very transitionary period, right? So that could be relevant of it, right? Because in 1959, uh, Elvis was in the army. You know, Buddy Holly was dead, <laughs> you know? So, you know, America waited a long time and had like just that kind of early 60s pop music until the Beatles came.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So it, it's, uh, you know, it's a shame. It's, it really is a shame that he uh, he died so soon, but he he achieved... I think part of the reason he did achieve icon status was his death, right?
0: Unfortunately, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's a big thing. That's, that always happens.
1: Yeah, I can't think of any other event that would be similar to that. Because keep in mind, it wasn't just him that died on that plane, right? Richie Valens died on that plane in the Big Bopper. Three headliners of a tour <laughs> died on that right. plane crash. Right? Like, I- Was I it only those think... three? It was only- it was...
0: people who were famous?
1: Uh, it was a pilot. It was just it was uh, one of those like really small planes. And, yeah, it was like a private,
0: uh, private jet, right?
1: Yeah, and it was four of them were on there, including the pilot, and all of them died.
0: That's so tragic.
1: Well, and also
0: there was one who skipped uh, skipped out on the flight. I don't know why, but Mr. Waylon Jennings
1: well,
0: uh, did not get on the plane.
1: I can tell you how it happened. So okay, the tour the tour was terrible. Okay, I think this is another thing people don't realize about touring in the 50s. Okay, they did not have security. They did not have roadies back then. Okay, and um, so you set up your own shit. Right. You didn't even have security. A lot of these people talk about like these musicians talk about being attacked. Right. Leaving, you know, the shows and stuff like that. It was quite quite a different way than it's now. Right. And there was a tour bus, but it wasn't like a tour bus you think now. Right. It, It was a school bus. And this was late January, (coughs) early February in the Midwest, right? And I guess the uh, heater on the bus gave out. So they had no heat. Buddy Holly's drummer got frostbite and was in the hospital. Okay. So Buddy's idea after their show in Clear Lake, Iowa, was he was going to charter a plane to take himself, Tommy Olsip, which was his bass player, I believe, and Waylon Jennings, his guitar player. So originally those three, they were going to go fly. Oh, wait,
0: Waylon was his his guitar player.
1: Yeah, he was playing in his band.
0: (coughs) Oh, shit, I didn't know
1: that. I thought he was
0: running solo by that time.
1: No, no, he was not. And um, they they were going to uh, fly to Fargo early. And they were really excited because they were like, oh, we get to do laundry. We get to sleep in a warm bed. Like, this is going to be awesome, right? And uh, I guess uh, rumors got around the day of that show that buddy had charted a plane. So, uh, the big bopper had approached Waylon Jennings and had said, Hey, like Waylon, I got, I got the flu or something. Can I take your seat? And Waylon gave it to him. He said, okay, you can have my seat. Now I find Tommy also more interesting. So I guess that whole day, Richie Valens was bugging him the whole day. Come on, Tommy, Tommy. Give, me your, give me your seat, Tommy, give me your seat. And he's like, no, I'm going on this plane tonight. Right. You can take the bus. And then he said they were literally leaving. They were, they were about to leave. And Richie Valens comes, he's like, you're going to give me that flat that seat, aren't you, Tommy? And Tommy's like, if you want it that bad, let's do a coin toss. And they did a coin toss. Richie won. So the three headliners took the plane. Right. And then we know what happened. Wow. Yeah. And Waylon Waylon Jennings talks about it. He said that was a contributing factor to his later drug addiction.
0: Oh, right. I would imagine. Yeah, that's a that's a traumatic experience, even though he wasn't on the plane like he was like, fuck, that could have been me, you know, Well,
1: just thinking about that. The only reason you're alive is because somebody else is dead, right? right? That's got a way heavy on your mind. And the Big Bopper's wife was pregnant, like six months pregnant when he died. Right. So, you know, it definitely impacted him. And, and Tommy also, too, right? He's like, Richie Valens was 17, and, and he's dead. And the, the only reason, Tommy's like, the only reason I'm alive is because Richie Valance died. Right? Like, I don't think people realize what a heavy, like, how heavy that would have been. Oh, then. for sure,
0: dude. Like, like no, not, nobody fucking, like, looks into this at all. You know what I mean? Like, no,
1: no. It's kind of, it, it's brushed over, but then it's not, right? Like, obviously, yeah. Amer- American Pie was written because of this, right? Right. That's, in- that's what the entire song was about right and and that song is very poetic right it talks about you know don mclean's reaction a to buddy holly's death right he was a delivery boy when he heard about that right and he was a big buddy holly fan and that's why he wrote the song he wrote the song to then tell the change that america went through in the 60s following that right
0: yeah because
1: we know the 60s is one of pro- probably arguably like the most revolutionary decade
0: of sure. the century right sure yeah
1: you know like look at compare the early 70s to the early 50s right and it doesn't even seem even remotely bye. like the same time right
0: bye bye miss american pie
1: exactly exactly right and
0: yeah. yeah it's sad really it seems it seems like such a happy song but it's really like it's not really sad you know it's, especially when it goes into That one part where it says, this'll be the day that I die, you know, and that sounds like that'll be the day.
1: Yeah. That could have been his, his 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 little,
0: little uh, tribute to buddy there.
1: And I don't, I like, I don't know if you were aware of this either, but I got uh,
0: huge goosebumps right now.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you're aware of this, but back then, um, there was no law about releasing celebrity deaths before the family knew. So their whole family found out on the radio. Uh, and, yeah. and I know uh, one of Buddy Holly's bandmates earlier in his career was living in Lubbock, Texas, and he heard it on the radio. And he said he, he called Buddy's parents' house. And he, call- and he says he, Buddy's mom answered. And uh, he was like, oh, um, have you heard from Buddy? And she's like, oh, no, should I have? And he said he didn't have the heart to tell her,
0: Ugh. so he hung,
1: he hung up, right? But I know in in a documentary I watched, buddy, one of Buddy Holly's older brothers said he once he heard it on the radio, right? He raced home, so he could he could be the one to tell his mom, right? So she didn't have to turn on the radio, and hear right. and hear, right? But that, and most of the band the bandmates again, like they they all found out on the radio the next day, right? And it was it was, it was really bizarre, like I. I don't know if I could come up with like a concrete conspiracy theory on it, but, but it is interesting because like, I think by the time they had left on the plane, like the airport had said, Oh, I don't think they should leave now. I think we should cancel this flight because the snow was coming in really bad. Right. And yeah, I just feel like there was a lot of things like leading up to it that just, they were meant to be on that flight. Right. Like it just, it just seems like. Fate. Yeah. It
0: definitely seemed like fate or destiny or especially the way you uh going back to what you were saying earlier about how buddy felt like he knew his time was short you know
1: yeah that he wanted to get as much life that he could get
0: yeah you know, he, like he had he, he kind of had like a he could have been like some kind of a clairvoyant you know
1: yeah he definitely could have and like he, he was just such a brilliant like so many stories i i think of him that i've heard of him and it's just like wow this like there's not people like him. He's just so incredible. Like, and that one story I heard is he was in an airport or something and the kid shining his shoes kept looking at his watch and Buddy was like, just took his watch off, gave it to this kid, right? Like he was a completely like selfless person from everything I've heard, you know, and and the reason he had to go on that tour in the first place was because he was broke. He shouldn't have been broke, right? His songs were all over the radio, right? Right. Like, why would you willingly go on a tour you know, with a school bus in probably minus 40 in the Midwest <laughs> during a record cold storm.
0: Right. Where did the plane take off from?
1: Uh, Clear Lake, Iowa. Iowa. Oh, I've shit. been there. I've been there.
0: I really got to watch La Bamba again because you watched it again like yesterday, right?
1: Yeah, I watched it last night.
0: Yeah. So all this is fresh in the head. And the Bamba is pretty fucking
1: accurate, you know? uh not i don't know like so much about richie's like personal life right so I, I don't know like but from what i've read i think it is fairly accurate it's far more accurate than that uh, terrible gary Busey movie we got of buddy holly
0: <laughs> i have to watch that again too actually
1: the buddy holly story yeah that movie's terrible yeah. that movie is terrible it,
0: i don't know i i kind of remember that it showed buddy kind of being a dick correct yeah
1: yeah, yeah, no. It, yeah, it, and like
0: kind of a, a, like abusive to his wife, maybe.
1: Yeah, like they showed a lot of stuff like that, and also. Then again,
0: then again, it is Gary Busey, so. Well, that he's a before, fucking not bar
1: himself, right? Well, that was before his accident. He was a little more normal back then. But I, don't, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know why you they would have thought to have cast Gary Busey as Buddy Holly because Gary Busey's like in his thirties then. Buddy Holly was twenty-two when he died. Right. Yeah right so I don't know why you would cast such a like a like an older person to play him right and that's why like Lou Diamond Phillips did a great job as Richie Valens right he looked young enough
0: he looked young enough but he didn't really look like Richie
1: (laughs) well yeah like and also like I think some people do think that Lou Diamond Phillips is Mexican Lou Diamond Phillips is actually Filipino yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that 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 could be part of it right and Lou Diamond Phillips didn't do the music in that movie that was Lost Lobos right
0: yeah yeah
1: right so it is it like because I was just watching it last night it, it is a little cheesy with the um like I guess the lip syncing <laughs> yeah it is it is a little cheesy but you know at the end of that movie you see the family reacting to finding listening to it on the radio right because that's what happened that's legitimately what happened and Richie Valens was famous for about seven months. He was in high school. Right. When he died, right? The start, he had, he had released one album, I think done a few tours, done like one TV appearance and that's it. And he's gone.
0: He was 17.
1: 17. Yeah.
0: That's unbelievable.
1: I know. And like, what would have, what would he have done had he gone on? Right. He's the pioneer of like the sort of Spanish music. Right. Because I think "La Bamba" was one of the first, probably non-English songs to like top the charts.
0: Yep, for sure. Right, and that's probably why he was so highly regarded.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. So he he's especially
0: that- by the the uh, Latino commu- Latino community.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly, <laughs> like t- tours were kind of incredible back then too. I think because they don't do tours now like they do then, right? Because essentially, you could go to a show and see. 10 of the like top selling artists right they don't do tours like that anymore right, right. back in the 50s you could have you could have went to a show and seen buddy holly the everly brothers jerry lee lewis elvis jerry lee all you the big seen... ones yeah yeah and that's how they did tours then right so... and now
0: it's like now you got like like I'm a, a headliner and then like the guys that aren't so big you know
1: exactly and you, you would pay next these shows would have cost next to nothing either right Yeah. Like they would have been cheap, right? You're you're paying, you know, you're probably paying two hundred dollars for nosebleeds at anyone that's on the charts now.
0: Right. Well, that's because the the I think the radio the corporate radio stations back then were paying them more than the tours, maybe, right?
1: Yeah. And like and I think again with like going back to like just the music industry in general, I think a lot of these people got fucked on contracts, right? They got totally fucked on contracts. Richie Vallon's mother lived in poverty after his death right wow because richie Valens had signed a contract that gave his manager pretty much all his money you know and
0: that's so fucking dirty do you think the manager would be like you know what family here
1: yeah well the, yeah she apparently she <clears throat> she sued him all the time right like she sued him several times right but you know you can only sue so many times right but you know like it's they got screwed. A lot of them did. Right. And like, I'm a big fan of the Everly brothers. They're ones that got screwed too. They, they didn't even realize they had signed a contract that they couldn't even write their own music. Right. You know, like, and I think the last time Phil Everly seen Buddy Holly was him and his brother were walking into this lawyer's office and Buddy Holly was leaving it. <laughs> right. Cause they were both going through issues with their managers right? And it's so cruel that these managers sign these contracts, right? Because it's like, you know, you're you're offering someone their dream, right? To make their dream come true. Yeah. And they'll do anything to sign that, right? Do you think these kids thought to read that or anything? Or consult a lawyer?
0: They were basically selling their souls without knowing it.
1: Pretty much, yeah. And you know, like Buddy Holly had said he didn't want to go on that tour, but he had to because he didn't have the money. Right? Like, why why would buddy holly have to go on a tour where he didn't have the money right guys songs right. are all over the radio right but you know it was a different it was a different time then right
0: i really hope we get to meet him when we go
1: i i would love to you know, <laughs> you know? he's like that i made you i made you listen to that eddie cochran song right and there's a line yeah that says uh you're playing for god now in his chorus in the sky
0: uh so where does Eddie Cochran tie in, tie into all this? That was my next uh, question that was on my brain.
1: For sure. So Eddie Cochran, uh, for people that don't know, he uh, he sang the original version of uh, Summertime Blues. And he died in 1960, okay? And uh, he was good friends with Buddy Holly. And he was also friends with Richie Balance. So um, after Buddy Holly died and Richie Balance eddie cochran was devastated apparently he was devastated right and his fiance and his friends describe him as like he all of a sudden started talking about how he was gonna die young too like he was he's like i'm gonna die in a crane, in a plane crash like buddy a car accident a train crash right and he refused to listen to buddy holly's music at all he was on tour in london at the time and why he says- did he
0: sorry to cut you off but why was he refusing that was he scared
1: no he was upset <laughs> he didn't he didn't want to hear buddy right it devastated him that buddy had okay. died right
0: okay. i thought it was make- maybe it was like a some kind of a bad juju vibe for him or something
1: no no so he ref- just didn't want to listen to it right it, it upset him too much and he's on tour and he says to his fiance, can you go out and buy like everybody holly record and she's like okay so she goes she buys him right and she's she this is coming from her she said he listened to it all the time all the time this whole tour he's playing these records nonstop. like he's obsessive yeah and and uh she had said to him well you could never listen to buddy holly before this um why why are you listening to him now doesn't it upset you to hear him like this and his response was no because i'm gonna be with him soon oh wow he died on that tour there was five of them in a car driving in like a highway near like Bath in England. And uh, yeah, the car crashed and he was the only one who died.
0: Yeah. You see, this is where um, <clears throat> all these stories tie into uh, my show, you know, like it, it, it has, it has its place, you know?
1: Yeah. Like I don't,
0: there's, like... there's so many things that, that are uh, quote unquote uh, coincidental. But I think it's I think it's all like destiny tied into destiny and spiritual, you know?
1: Yeah. And we can, you know, like if 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 I'm going to make like just a broad assumption, conspiracy theory style on this is like, did the people who control, you know, our world, did they plan this change in the 60s? Right. Right. And it was part of that getting rid of these people. Right. 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 Right like James Dean, you know, Buddy Holly. And then, you know, let's not make Elvis do rock and roll anymore. Let's have Elvis do movies. Right. Yeah. Cause we know the changes that happened in the sixties. Right. You know, we, we live these changes now. Right. Like I think a lot of, which came from, you know, like the, especially the feminist movement has done more harm than good to us. Right. Yep. And was all of this just planned. Right. You know, get, get rid of all these all American all American rock stars right so I, I don't know but you know I just I, I find it funny that's that so many of them just disappeared like that you know
0: yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty fascinating you know when you really think about it like it's it, there's <clears throat> when you look at the zeitgeist of the time right
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just there's so much that because uh, it was it was pretty much fresh after like World War II you know.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, so that's when, like, the, the parasites started really trying to change shit, you know, and trying to, uh, make a new timeline for us and shit, you know?
1: No, totally. I, I just, I definitely think it's all, like, weirdly connected, but then also, like, is it just a coincidence, right? You know, I, I find it hard to, to get a, a definite answer, right? Maybe I just don't know enough about the topic, right? But, uh. You know, I think a lot of these musicians, especially the '50s ones, have a lot of interesting stories and connections, right?
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, do you know anything about Ricky Nelson?
1: I I am a big fan of Ricky Nelson. I quite like okay. him. <laughs> uh, my actually, my mom's a huge fan. My mom's like a bit was like a big like glam rock '80s fan, right? So she liked the, the Sons or whatever, right? Nelson.
0: Oh Nelson, yeah, the the cheesy uh, rock band, yeah.
1: I'll tell my mom you said they were cheesy. (laughs) She'll be, she'll be very upset that I was on a podcast that discussed them. (laughs) I'm
0: sorry, mom.
1: It's okay, okay, mom. They had that one good song. I don't
0: even know what that was.
1: (laughs) Love and affection.
0: Oh shit! Okay, I gotta, I gotta. Maybe I'll download some Nelson shit tonight.
1: Well, funny though you mentioned Ricky Nelson, so Eddie. Cocker- they're probably
0: they're probably better than what I thought they were back then because I was to like, like Iron Maiden and stuff like that, like the more uh, occult oriented, like evil rock bands, quote unquote, right? Yeah.
1: Because
0: uh, they 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 projected themselves as like like long blonde straight hair and like back to back with the guitars oh, yeah, and everything. And the
1: leather boots and stuff. And so, I was
0: When I was, when I was that young, I was looking at them like, what the fuck dude, you know what a I bunch mean? of girls. Yeah. They're probably better than what I thought they were though. So I'll give them another chance.
1: Well, that's funny. Cause my, uh, my, my dad's got like your kind of taste in music and yeah. he used to constantly say like, Oh, your mother's got like terrible taste in music with her like, glam <laughs> rock and stuff. Right. Like, you know, like that's probably why I still know like every word to Bon Jovi songs, right? Because she played, she played that shit so much when I was growing. That's up. cool
0: though. I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, she, they gave me a very rounded education on music, so I really, really can't complain with that. And then I educated them because I got into '50s music.
0: Yeah, like
1: <laughs> you know, awesome. and, you know, and, and and my dad's super incredible because he took me on this massive U.S. road trip when I was like 15, and we went to Graceland. I went to. Where Buddy Holly performed his last show I saw Buddy Holly's grave you That's know? awesome Oh yeah it was you know I learned so much on that trip right And it was the first time I ever got to go to the states so
0: Sweet Like I've never been down, down that way I've been to uh, Excuse me um, Arizona twice uh, In the US And I've been to like uh, uh, Vermont And uh, North Dakota uh like that's where i put my my feet down right
1: i've been to 18 states i believe
0: that's awesome
1: yeah and i like said i saw some incredible stuff on that trip right i got to see you know people like because at that time i was really into 50s music right i was really really into it and my favorites were buddy holly elvis and the everly brothers right yeah you know, they're still on, they're still on my playlist now. Right. To this day. Right. 10 years later. Right. So, but going back to Ricky Nelson though, I, I do like Ricky yeah. Nelson. Um, but we were talking <laughs> about Eddie Cochran. So Eddie Cochran's fiance was a woman named Sharon Sheely. And she All wrote right. um, poor little fool, which was Ricky Nelson's song. She wrote that song and uh, she actually had written it about Don Everly from the Everly brothers. <laughs>
0: oh uh, shit
1: yeah she was fooling around with him and uh she wrote that song about him
0: and this and, is his wife
1: no this was uh eddie cochran's fiance oh okay okay her name was sharon shealy and she wanted to pitch the song to ricky nelson right and she's like i'm gonna drive by his house because she knew where he lived she's like i'm gonna pretend that like my car is broken or i got in an accident and then maybe you know he'll come out and i can show him the song well it turns out she actually ended up crashing her car in front of his place
0: Oh, shit.
1: And he came out.
0: Was she drunk or what?
1: I don't don't know. Again, I don't know, like, these, you know, you read these stories, right? And I don't know if they're true or not, right? But, um, yeah, and she pitched him the song, right? And uh, he recorded it, right? But uh, I don't know a ton about Ricky Nelson. I I don't know too many odd things about him. But, obviously, what was very impactful in his life is him getting booed off the Madison Square Garden stage, right? Oh, for what? Uh, Just that song what's that garden party you've obviously heard that song right yeah 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 so he wrote that song about him he was playing the madison square garden and he got booed off and uh they like i I guess the audience just didn't he he says it's because they didn't respond to him like they were they hadn't played in a long time right he looked older they didn't sound the same right and that's kind of you can tell that in the lyrics of that song that you know, because he, I think there's even a line in the song, he's like, We didn't look the same, right? Kind of thing. And it, I guess, apparently, according to his sons, depressed the hell out of him that he wow. got booed off that stage, right? And that's a big stage to get booed off of, right?
0: That, did that really fuck him up uh, in the long run?
1: I think it did, yeah. I think it did. And did he not die in a plane crash, too? Did he not? Ricky Nelson? I don't, I'm not sure. Did, I'm not sure how he died either. I'm, I'm gonna have to look this up. Good. but um I, I think he did i don't i don't know how he died but yeah, you know sure. a lot of these people suffered a lot of the same stuff there was a ton there was drugs then too right like these musicians were all you know doing drugs and stuff like that too that i think that's assumed that that was just like a you know an 80s 90s thing but obviously they were doing fifties. No,
0: way back sex drugs and rock and roll is like Ex- yeah exactly the inception of rock and roll you know
1: Okay, so I just looked it up here. Ricky Nelson died in a plane crash in 1985. Son of a bitch. And it had mechanical problems. And that's how he died. But then, funny, another one who died in a plane crash? Randy Rhodes, right?
0: Oh, my God, Randy. He was, like, 21 when he died, right?
1: Yeah, and guess what? Same kind of plane that Buddy Holly died in.
0: Oh, shit.
1: One of those little, like, little charter planes, right?
0: That kid was uh, a virtuoso, uh, and he used a lot of Beethoven in his guitar licks. I don't,
1: like, I don't know. If,
0: if, if you listen to, like, um, Blizzard of Oz, like Ozzy's uh, solo album.
1: Yeah.
0: Randy Rose was on. Uh, you could tell that, like, his solos and shit were very Beethoven-esque.
1: And see, I, that's really cool. I think that's um, really brilliant, right? And I, you couldn't say that for really any other music, musicians that I can think of, at least.
0: He he was unbelievably brilliant. He he was in uh, Quiet Riot before Ozzy.
1: Yeah.
0: Ozzy snagged him from Quiet Riot. Um, but yeah, totally tragic loss. That kid was fucking brilliant. Like, I can't even imagine again what he would have been doing if he was still alive. You know.
1: Exactly. And and see, Buddy experimented with the same stuff. Buddy before he died got into big band stuff too, right? Not so much Mozart and Beethoven, but kind of like string quartets and stuff. That's what Buddy was getting into right before he died, right? And he was really excited about branching out musically, right? Oh, for and, sure. And like keep in mind, a two and a half year career, right? Like I I don't think most musicians would, would think about you know, with, would think that, okay, I've been doing this for two and a half years, you know, I'm already super successful. Let's change my style, you know? Right. Right. But that speaks to the the brilliance of Buddy. Right. And, you know, he, um, he definitely left his mark from a two and a half year career. Right.
0: For sure. One of the things that fascinates me so much, like being a, 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 a super fan of music in general uh, is the fact that these great bands come along and they always give credence to who inspired them, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. like
0: some of my favorite bands are, are inspired by other favorite bands from the past right?
1: well i just think it's provable that all <clears throat> that that all music's connected right oh you all it, music
0: music is definitely a universal language right so yeah
1: well it's arguably a li- it's arguably a living like a living thing right like a yeah living,
0: it's uh, almost biological but i find it more spiritual than anything
1: Yeah, and you know, if we think of you know Buddy Holly, you know, Elvis, things like that, right? These they were inspired by you know a lot of the southern, you know, bluegrass music, right? Yeah, yep. Right. This is this is the music that people in at least the southern states were playing for decades, if not centuries. Right.
0: It's I've always I've always known um that rock and roll was uh, born from the blues, which was from the South, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, the the South came uh, up to the North, and then it inspired other people to kick it up a notch or two, you know, crank it up to eleven, right?
1: Yeah, and I think I think another interesting thing about the fifties is that like music, like music was kind of segregated back then, but a lot of them wanted to have like racial. Um... And you could like like be racially ambiguous, right? And you know, you could listen to a lot of these bands never knowing what they looked like, right? It wasn't about selling so much like a visual person, right? It was more just selling a sound, right? That's not a thing anymore, right? You're you you are selling probably more so an appearance now with the modern musician, right? Then it didn't which, really which, matter.
0: Which is fucking absolutely disgusting to me
1: it is it is but that it fell for the same thing then too though like buddy holly i guess when he was you know before he got big right he used to mock seeing like everly brothers their photos in in record shops because they were these little pretty boys right pretty
0: boys yeah yeah
1: yeah but these people ended up becoming his friends and and here's buddy
0: holly like this nerdy kid from lubbock texas and he's like dude just play the fucking music The, the music should speak for itself right
1: exactly but you know in in his defense, I thought I think Buddy Holly was very attractive. I like those glasses
0: oh, for sure. He's a handsome dude.
1: I I love the look, right? And that you know that was the look when I was in high school back uh, several years ago. That was a big that like hipster look was like coming in style or whatever. So and was and, and was
0: there. that was that Buddy's thing? Like it, it was was that like him taking the pretty boy thing and making it his own? Like this is me. But it's, it's me kicking my own image up a notch.
1: Well, from the glasses came from Phil Everly, which um, he had told, so he had told Buddy, he's like, if you're going to wear glasses, just wear glasses. Like, really wear glasses. So then he ended up getting the horn rimmed glasses. He had, he had, I guess uh, when we were, when me and my dad went to the Buddy Holly Museum in Lubbock, Texas, my, my dad wears contacts. They showed um, Buddy Holly's contact lenses that he had used, because he had attempted to just go with contact lenses right and contact lenses back then and with buddy's prescription were like putting like like they were really thick like they were almost like a quarter inch thick like it was really it was really messed up so he's like i can't i can't do uh contact lenses right so he had to wear he had to wear glasses right yeah but i think the i think the look kind of you know really really amplified his success right because you you know they fixed he fixed his teeth too that was a big thing right he got caps on his teeth okay horn rim got horn rim glasses and then did a few like photo shoots and released some headshots and things like that And that's most of the photos you'll see of him like the professional photos
0: yeah okay
1: and back then it was like kind of like the ivy league look like if you look at a lot of photos of these musicians back then they're all wearing like the same like suit jackets and things like that yeah, that's another thing. That's another thing I love about the, I love about the fifties is that these guys went on stage and played in like suits, suits, and, suits and shit, I, and
0: they must have been I, fucking suffering like crazy.
1: Oh, but I I love it, and like like I guess as a woman, like I think that's like a sexy look, honestly. Like I right. think it's a I think it's a I think it's a masculine look, and it's an attractive look, right? And it's. I, I just think it's cool I it, it works with the style right and you know back then it was like stand-up bass and stuff you know
0: oh yeah for sure dude
1: <laughs> like you know music's not like that anymore right which is kind of disappointing right i um, i uh
0: where i where i got my tattoo uh there was uh these guys that signed the wall and uh at the tattoo shop and uh, <clears throat> they were called the Brains. And I'm like, who the fuck are these Brains guys, right? And I asked my tattoo artist, like, oh, they're a band. Actually, you know what? If you want to go see them, I'll give you free tickets because they're playing like in a couple of weeks. I'm like, well, what are they like, you know? And he's like, oh, they're like, uh, like a punk band, but they got a stand-up bassist and shit. And the, the guy spins the bass around and shit, you know? Kind of like um, like the Stray Cats, but they were more like hard rock punk, you know?
1: Oh, I love that. That's awesome.
0: So then I went, so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go. I checked out their music. I'm like, these guys are awesome. Right. So then I um, went to see them and I went to go off to the side where the merch was. And sure enough, the singer was there while the other band was opening. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm like, Oh, cool. So I go over to him and him and I like hit it off. Right. I'm like, Hey, what's going on, man? You know? And he's like, oh man fuck what's going on you know and then we, we just hit it off like i was like and i i even asked him like how do you write your music do you like uh put a do you slaughter a goat and like in a pentagram and shit and he's like that's exactly how i do it <laughs> 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 you know and then he gave me a cd for free and he signed it and shit and
1: that awesome. was great
0: and they were fucking amazing yeah. I, you check out the brains like you probably you might like them
1: yeah I, I that stand-up
0: too. that stand-up basis was like Sure enough, he was like the the fucking uh centerpiece of the show because he was just like slapping that shit and spitting it around and like oh, it was wild.
1: Well, and that's how they did it back then, too, right? They like just rocked it with like the standing bass, right mm-hmm. you know, like I think I think you listen to the music now right, and you don't imagine people like rocking out to it, but they did right?
0: Oh, they lost their shit over that.
1: oh, yeah, like. You know, and I, I think it's the same thing in the '80s, right? You know, <clears if> these <throat> women were, you know, women were throwing, you know, their underwear on the stage and stuff. Then, just like they they would have, you know, in the '80s or even now, right? You oh, know? Yeah. It, was, it was still a party atmosphere, right? You
0: see, when the Beatles were going all over the place, the fucking girls were just like screaming and just full of tears and like crying, and it's like, wow, dude, like you see bands. Uh, they they look at that and they're like, I want to be a part of that, and then it inspires them to like do their own thing, right? Like, <clears throat> even uh, I've heard um, interviews with like Gene Simmons from Kiss and all that, and like Gene Gene was like, when I saw the Beatles, I was like, I have to do that, you know?
1: Yeah, well, as a young guy, right? For for that for them, right? It's like, oh wow, like chicks want to be with them you know and it's you know it's definitely a thing for them and i think i think the beatles have a similar thing that that elvis and a lot of them did as being a lot of teen girls like sexual awakening you would say right 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 right, right? so so girls just lost it right kind of thing oh
0: for sure funny, it's right? funny gene simmons story that i told my friend the other day uh he was at a show and he got this one uh girl to come to his hotel room after the show and he was banging her right and then she was like do you mind if my daughter comes in because she's a huge fan <laughs> while she's on top of him and then he's like uh okay and then she comes in and he's having sex with her, this fucking lady and her daughter at the same time
1: that's it, uh... it,
0: that's like talk about debauchery you know it's like it's fucking wild the shit that these rock stars do you
1: know yeah and i think living that lifestyle does kind of change you right obviously like i think i think it'd be hard to come out of out of like living that lifestyle and like remaining you know like, a- authentic yeah like authentic yeah. to yourself right because it's like most of these guys all cheated on their wives right you oh know? yeah you know the ones that didn't were were rare right you know um monogamy was never expected of these musicians right and yeah because...
0: well gene, gene is uh I, I don't i'm not sure if he's married to shannon tweed
1: but yeah, she had I an understanding
0: are. with him where uh she had an understanding with him where uh uh you know like oh yeah you just do your thing you know we're, we're still together you know i yeah. guess it's kind of the same thing like <clears throat> if a porn star were to be married to uh another porn star or or just a regular person right it's just like like if yeah. they can agree to that i guess it's okay i don't know man like i don't think i could do it personally but
1: well call, call me old school but i'm a big proponent on monogamy and i hate when people say things like oh humans weren't meant to be monogamous." i don't think that matters You know, I I wake up every day for the last almost eight years of my life and choose to be monogamous with my partner, right? You know, that's how I you know I make that I make that choice, right? And and I will continue to make that choice, you know, forever, right? Kind of thing because that that's what I believe, right? I I think you know I I think we kind of have lost this kind of integrity we had with like love and relationships because everybody's always constantly searching for like the new spark the new excitement kind of thing which is the
0: feel the feeling of love but it's not really love is more of like a, a dedication I think
1: exactly like if you were to ask me oh are you in love with your boyfriend I'm like I wouldn't say I'm like like obviously I'd say I'm in love but I think I think there's a difference between in love and then suddenly it's just love right you know like we've been together for almost eight years right it's love right you know um and, yeah like it, what
0: else would tie you to that you know
1: exactly exactly and, and people people constantly chase you know the the newest excitement right because well right. what what i would classify the spark as in a relationship the spark is just the excitement you get from somebody new right
0: absolutely because
1: you're trying to win somebody over so yeah you might spend more effort you know on your hair or your clothes or whatever to impress this person right that eventually changes right you know if you're with the same same person for you know eight ten years right that completely that obviously completely changes right there is a thing where you're so intimate with somebody that they just know you completely right so that's gone right
0: and yeah but i also think that um you know, like if you stick with somebody, the sex will be better. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. Well, unless, I
0: think- unless unless they turn out to be like a monster throughout the relationship, and then you just don't want to sleep with them, but you still stay with them anyway, and then you, you end up becoming like an either either like a uh, an a, an abusive or abused wife or an abused husband, you know. And I think that goes that goes for a lot of married couples as well, like where they they choose to still remain with one another for the sake of being married, but it's not going the way that it should, you know. So I don't know. It's a very it's a very touchy subject for me, and also being forty two and having uh, the relationships I've had in the past, I'm very much more selective with who I'm gonna get with, you know. Like I've definitely had um, opportunities to just like climb in the sack or whatever with somebody, but I choose not to do it because I'm waiting for that right person. You know, like when I know it's right, I just can't. I just can't hop in the sack with somebody. I'm not like that, you know.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of important to only bare your soul to people that matter, right? Yeah. Do you want to give every person? that you come across you know that deep of access to you know your body your mind your your spirit kind of thing right like exactly I think I think we need to be you know more selective on who we choose you know to be intimate with and to share our lives with right I think that's definitely very important and I think monogamy is important in that sense right like you know stick with somebody even if it gets difficult right You know, like it's, we give, we give up on people just so, so easily. Right.
0: Oh, easily. Like too easily.
1: You know, I'm not the same person. My boyfriend met eight year eight years ago. Right. I'm not the same person anymore. Right. He's not the same person from eight years ago. Right. But we've chosen, you know, to grow as adults together. Right. Right. It's a choice, you know. It's a it's and you choice. guys were high
0: school sweethearts, so we
1: were, yeah. We were we met mm. like
0: who gets to say that anymore, you know?
1: No, no one gets to say it anymore. We we met at And
0: then you became you were communists or far left liberals and then you became like super conservative, right?
1: Exactly. We we grew and changed together, right? And it's you know, it it would give us a bond for the rest of our lives, right? If me and him, you know, don't end up married you know, with children or anything like that. Like, if we broke up, I still think we would have that bond, right? Right. Because you know how how just growing and seeing the world like that's probably the best experience I've had in my life, right?
0: I am coming to your wedding, by the way.
1: You know, actually, I was just telling Fraser <laughs> the a Davy is invited to our wedding. You have to come. So I will. You well. Fraser needs to propose, we can start planning. But yeah, uh, yeah you're definitely on the get list.
0: Get on it, dude.
1: And you, you, gotta, a- <laughs> you got a
0: girl there, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I got some cute friends. I could probably uh, sling your way.
0: Yeah, see, but then I'd have to move to Alberta.
1: <laughs> okay, but how many times have I told you you have a far better chance of finding a, mo- a woke girlfriend here than where you are? Right. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> there's way more there's way more here than over there
0: i i I pretty much got nothing over here
1: yeah you got my my
0: options are very limited there's very slim pickings here
1: your option is liberal and more liberal that's your option
0: yeah it's disgusting um so we went off on a tangent there which is okay because i think it's important that people hear this shit you know
1: yeah, and I but, think that's relevant to what we were talking about, right? In in the sake that, you know, getting in like, the 60s and the sex revolution, right? Yeah. Changed society, you know, as a whole, right? It did. It did. You know, we had a less focus on marriage, you know, and, and family values. And then leading now to, to now is a very divorce way of life, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, Adele, I, not that I pay attention to Adele, but I did notice that there was something on online and it was something along the lines of oh she still loves her husband but she realized she wasn't in love with him and you know she had to divorce him like (sighs) like what like what is that you know like to me that like getting in front of my all my family my friends you know the government god and say hey i'm gonna be with this person through tough times good times you know sickness things like that that fucking means something to me okay definitely like i only want to ever do that once in my life right and obviously i'm not going to shame anybody who who doesn't do that right like you know circumstances change right i would never tell anybody to 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 tolerate abuse right but i think i think we need to make sure we have these discussions leading up to marriage before we even take those vows in the first place right
0: i think it's very important to do it very early on in a relationship
1: exactly like how many yeah
0: these are my fucking boundaries okay and if you cross those boundaries and you continue to cross those boundaries we cannot have a future
1: you know yeah and and you know it's just such a you know everybody gives up on it just so quickly now right like yeah you know, it's, you rush, you rush into the relationship, right. You know, get married, right. Have kids and then realize you're completely two different people. Right. These conversations are important. And, you know, we've had these conversations a lot in the last years we've been together. Right. Cause it's like, okay, now we're, we're grownups now. Right. Like, like what do we want in life? Right. What's a deal breaker for us. Right. And we have these conversations and, you know, we usually come to an agreement. Right.
0: I think you guys should definitely just like f- say fuck it, uh, start a podcast.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. I think it
0: would I think it would definitely help you guys grow.
1: Yeah. No, I I'm definitely thinking about it more and more. Yeah. I I definitely uh yeah you know, I guess it's just the getting started, <laughs> you know.
0: And- uh, honestly, I was thinking and thinking and I was like, you know what, just fuck it. I'm just gonna start it and then it'll grow from there, you know. You can't, it's not going to be perfect right, right from the get-go yeah so the the perfect time is now
1: and well and see so you're killing it too so everybody give the goats some money
0: thank you nigel loves you guys especially if you give money yes. <laughs> and think- honestly all, all i want to do is just like you know buy new equipment um buy a laptop hopefully uh whatever you know i'll, I'll get more it'll, it'll allow me to be more creative with it you know
1: exactly we're, we're still writing that kid's book for nigel right oh yeah nigel versus the uh, new world order
0: the, the NWO. yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so we're not too far in we got it we're only an hour in let's go to the beatles what do you think of the beatles
1: I am not a Beatles fan myself.
0: I, I, I honestly, I'm not a big fan of the Beatles. Like, not a huge fan. I definitely respect them and what they did for music and shit. Um, but I just, I just can't wholeheartedly get into them. I don't know. Maybe it's the British thing. I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't think it's that. Like, I, I do like their music. I had, I did see Paul McCartney live, and he's a rock. Like, he's a rock god, right? That was a did, brilliant, brilliant show. Did
0: right? you? Did you see him like solo or was he with wings or what?
1: Uh, He was solo. This probably, I I was in high school at the time. So I predict this would have been like 2012, 2013-ish. Probably, yeah, probably around there. So it was just, it was just him. He went the full three hours, no break, no nothing. And he killed it, right? And he he switched. Like there was parts when he was on the drums. There was parts when he was on guitar. There was parts when he was on piano. It was an awesome show. But That's my, cool. my criticism of the Beatles don't lie so much on their music. Um, it's like I kind of share the – Actually, Elvis was not a big Beatles fan, and I share his opinion because the Beatles came to America, right, made all this money and just trashed American culture. Just no way. Just trashed it. Yeah, they did, right? And it's – you know, I, I, I find it kind of –
0: why what were they saying and well they
1: they said a lot like politically too i think and just like john john lennon i think was more worse for it than than the other ones right and i personally like i find john lennon absolutely insufferable right i you know i think he i think he was a terrible person in a lot of ways right he was a known woman beater and yeah you didn't know that no oh john john lennon was an asshole like he
0: gives a chance as a woman beater
1: yeah oh yeah he is you know and he his son from his first marriage julian was just yeah. treated he, he treated like shit like he he talked in interviews how he regretted having his son and things like that like how does that feel to his kid right
0: you Jesus.
1: know Jul, julian Lennon came out and said that paul mccartney was more of a father figure to him than his own father like that's that's heartbreaking. Wow. like that's heartbreaking right and among other things like um So I read a few years ago, I read um, Patty Boyd's book. I don't know if you know who she is, but she was George Harrison's first wife. Okay. She she was a model. She actually ended up marrying Eric Clapton after she divorced, uh, after she divorced uh, George Harrison. So she married George Harrison and Eric Clapton. (laughs) Um, But she says her defining memory of John Lennon is the Beatles and all their wives. They were, they were going on a trip. I think it was, I think they were in India at the time. And they were trying to, like, make it to this, to catch this train, right? And everybody's running with their suitcases and stuff. Well, and she she notices that John is carrying not a single bag, right? And they all realized Cynthia, Cynthia, his wife, was carrying all their suitcases. John wasn't helping her, and she didn't make it to the train. <laughs> and wow, yeah, and he's like, it's like, oh, Cynthia's still on the platform. John's like, whatever. You know, he he was, he, he was was known, he was known to be an, he was known to be an asshole, but he was kind of funny though, too. Like he was asked one time in an interview, he's like, is Ringo Starr the best, um, the best drummer in the world? And his response was Ringo Starr isn't even the best drummer in the Beatles.
0: Oh my God. Really?
1: Yeah. That was his response. (laughs) That was his response. Right. And, uh, when Elvis met them, Elvis did beat the Beatles. Uh, the Beatles were disappointed in meeting him. They didn't, they didn't, they were big fans of him. And I think they were disappointed to have met him to and realize they didn't get along with him. But um, yeah, I think Elvis had remarked that John was quite the dick and, and he's described as being full of himself. Right. And my personal opinion, I don't think he, I don't think he was the more talented member of the Beatles, Right. I think Paul, I think Paul McCartney was. Right. Because, you know, I think I think John Lennon, the songs John Lennon wrote on his own were, were dumb, right? Like, in my personal opinion, like, he wrote Strawberry Fields and The Walrus and stuff. And I think those songs are dumb compared to the stuff Paul wrote on his own.
0: I actually love Strawberry Fields.
1: Dumb song.
0: <laughs> what?
1: I don't know. Maybe it's just that's not my style, right? Like, I don't... I kind of start... Like, I prefer the earlier music like when when music starts getting into like the psychedelic type shit i think i kind of mm. don't get us into it personally
0: i think one of my favorite beatles songs is eleanor rigby
1: yeah it's uh my favorite is actually i think uh i would say is i've just seen a face which is one of their lesser known songs
0: yeah i don't think yeah. i know that one
1: yeah that's one of probably one of my favorites
0: this sounds kind of spooky actually <laughs> yeah. i've just a seen good. a face uh from where from and where? how why would it
1: look like no but it's a it's it's probably i i would it's my favorite beatles song uh but th- what i like about the beatles is that uh their favorite musicians were some of my favorites right you know like they loved buddy holly right they loved the everly brothers right
0: right they tried, right
1: we tried to mimic that style right and the beatles should be said the beatles picked the name the beatles because of buddy holly and the crickets
0: Oh, right,
1: right. I, I, gotta oh. Ask, I gotta ask you, though. When did you realize that it was spelt Beatles, like, beat, as in music beat?
0: Like B-E-H, yeah. Um, yeah. I think right away.
1: Okay, this is hilarious, because my dad's probably going to listen to this episode. I pointed that out to him one time. He's like, oh, my God, I never even realized that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's why. So they- funny. That's how much of
0: a fucking trance they have on everybody, right?
1: Exactly, right. So it's like, what? <laughs> but that's they picked an insect name because of Buddy Holly, right? Right. You oh, know they- I
0: don't. You know, um, this will go to the '80s music. Um, have you ever heard of the Buggles?
1: Uh, there. Didn't we talk about that the last time I was on your show? Didn't we talk about them?
0: I. I. We might have. I don't know.
1: Because isn't that uh, video kills the radio star right?
0: Yeah, oh, we did. We probably did then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got their name from the Beatles.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that's that's cool. That's interesting. I didn't. I wouldn't have clued that in. But I guess the Buggles, yeah, the Beatles. Well, and actually, there's that British band, the Hollies. They they named themselves after Buddy Holly.
0: That seems a little bit more obvious to me.
1: Well, no, but it's not <laughs> spelled like it's spelled like H O L L I E S.
0: I yeah.
1: And see, Buddy Holly's name was actually not Buddy Holly. His actual name was Charles Holly, and it was Holly H O L L E Y. H O L L Y is his uh, stage okay. name, but I believe his grave, because I've been to his grave, is uh, Buddy Holly, but it's spelled like H O L L E Y. Right. So interesting. Yeah, because
0: yeah, well, name- it's like everybody has a moniker, right? I don't know what it is about that, but. I think it's just better than uh, you know being such a normie.
1: Yeah. It's so,
0: like putting yourself like higher up than what you were the name you were given when you were uh, birthed or incarnated.
1: Well, stage names are ridiculously common in the industry in general.
0: Yeah, like look at fucking Gene Simmons, another one. Like uh, his name Gene Simmons, right? And then when he, he when he came to the U.S., his name was Eugene Klein. Which is still fucking Jewish, but he was born in Israel from Haifa, and his actual Jewish name is Chaim Witz, yeah, which is like C H uh, A I M W I T Z, like Chaim Witz. Like you can't get any more fucking Jewish than that, right? So, well, are like, all oh, the
1: members of Kiss Jewish?
0: I think so. Uh, no, Peter Chris, the drummer, was uh, Peter Criscola. Uh He's Italian uh ace fraley is paul fraley i don't know if he's jewish or not but paul stanley is uh stanley eisen and yeah definitely jewish
1: yeah no so because none of them none of them use their real name right
0: which yeah which is funny because ace fraley and paul stanley got kicked out of the band yeah and the only two remaining members are the jews <laughs>
1: Well, that's really funny, though, because like a lot of these old like golden Hollywood stars were the same thing, right? Like they were a lot of them were European and most of them were Jewish and they moved to Hollywood and they all got like stage names. Yeah, that's very like that's very common. And actually, we were talking about Richie Valens. Richie Valens was a stage name. His real name was uh, Valenzuela, Right. Right. And that was was another thing where they wanted to be kind of they he didn't they they wanted to be kind of uh, racially ambiguous, right? Right. And uh, that was a big goal of a lot of those musicians, right? It's just, you know, because Valenzuela was too Mexican, right? So Valens, you know, that, that was his stage name, right?
0: I just find it kind of funny how, like, people think that, like, they just can't be themselves. Even me, I have a moniker. I'm David Wavy on my show, right?
1: Wait, you're telling me Wavy is not your last name? No, it's not. Really? <laughs> wow i had no idea
0: you know but you know what i mean like everybody needs to have like some kind of a moniker when they do something that's outside of the fucking matrix Is
1: two one two is two one one two your last name then yes okay yes well your parents really gave you a mouthful didn't they uh
0: because it was their favorite rush album
1: two one one two
0: yeah twenty one twelve
1: is that is that a Rush album? I feel like yes, it is. That. That's
0: the, one of the best Rush albums.
1: <laughs> oh, and see, like, because my my dad's gonna listen to this episode. He's gonna hate that I didn't clue into that.
0: Are you serious? You didn't know Twenty One Twelve was from Rush? No. Oh my <laughs> god, it's got a fucking pentagram on it as well on the cover.
1: I don't I don't know Rush very well.
0: <laughs> oh, they're one of my favorite. Like my my one of my brothers, uh, his favorite band while well, I was growing up, and it's still his favorite band uh is rush and i clung on to that too uh very early on like i was a toddler when i was listening to kiss i basically came out of the womb singing uh strutter from kiss basically <laughs> well, and like I was a toddler i was a like pre- toddler i was hooked on the, the vinyl record record player and i was listening to kiss Constantly playing Kiss albums. And you know what's funny? One of my greatest fears, like that scares the shit out of me to this day, is any audio skipping. So when I there was a I was like dancing around, whatever, when I was a kid, and I the record player would skip. I would be like <laughs> and I'd run over to the record player and like rip the fucking needle off the record player because I was so freaked out by it. It's so weird.
1: That is a little weird but i think you're probably a big rush fan because it's just like canada in general like rush is one of the few things we have right
0: yeah but my brother was such a huge fan and just it's just got it just you know hook line and sinker right from a very early age
1: yeah like i'm, I'm pretty familiar with rush like i could tell if it was them playing right like that was yeah so music-
0: when i was when i was like five years old going into kindergarten i was already reading like metal magazines and then all the fucking kids around me were listening to like pop music and I'm like what are you guys listening to this is fucking dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So already I was like out of the matrix. Yeah, somehow. no.
1: Well and, and considering that age too that would have been the 80s right? Like you know. Yeah. I, like 85, my mo- 84, my-
0: 85 when I was kindergarten.
1: My mom like listened to a lot of that like glam rock and stuff right? And like You know, she always says it's like, oh, back when uh, the girls were tough and the boys were pretty, right? (laughs) Right. They they all like wore lipstick and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, I think '80s, like, I think '80s is kind of a funny decade for music, right? Because a lot of people either say they love it or they hate it, right?
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Right, and I guess you could you say the same thing about the '90s too, right?
0: Oh for sure.
1: Because like when I was in high school kind of that's when the 90s like I guess like the style like the clothes and stuff like that kind of got back in style then and you know like that grunge look was kind of like a thing like I don't know like when I was in high school like kids were walking around in like Nirvana shirts and stuff it was kind of kind of bizarre how it all just kind (laughs) of gets back in style.
0: Yeah see in the 90s I was telling my friends to listen to Kiss and Iron Maiden and shit, but people were starting to get into like Nirvana and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I can deal with this, right? Nirvana was never one of my big things, yeah, but I still like them, right? Like, I'm not a huge fan, but I do like them. Once, well, uh, but also I went back to who inspired them, and I'm like who inspired the Melvins? So, or the Melvins, sorry. Uh, Who inspired Nirvana? And then I found out it was the Melvins. Uh, The Melvins inspired Nirvana, and they're still going strong to this day. They're not, like, super popular. But uh, the Melvins are known to be the granddads of uh, grunge. And then you have uh, a band called Killing Joke. Yeah. And if you ever heard the song Come As You Are by Nirvana... Um, that riff was completely stolen from killing joke.. Huh. And they never had a legal battle about it because <clears throat> the singer of killing joke uh, was kind of buddy buddy with uh, Kirk Cobain. So well, see,
1: uh, I, take it. I got a question <laughs> for you then. So when you were in high school, like like what were like the nerdy kids in high school? Because like in my day, the ones that were like made fun of were like the emo kids you know so like what was that when you were in high school
0: Uh, it was the uh, (laughs) we would call it the mod squad and the mod squad Squad, yeah the mod squad were the ones that dressed in like all black and they were (laughs) more like purple lipstick and they had they listened to like the cure and like nine inch nails okay
1: yeah
0: all the depressing shit you know
1: so that's like, kind of the same look
0: thing. At, look at me. I can, I could dress in black and wear purple lipstick and I listen to The Cure and I listen to Nine Inch Nails and I want to kill myself.
1: <laughs> and, and see, that would be kind of the same thing when I was like, when I was in high school, but it would be more in like, like I don't know. Like, I can't really think of bands right now, but like that would have been like my chemical romance, like that kind of shit would have been when I was in high school. Right. And uh, younger. So we call, we call those like the emo kids. Right. And yeah, I think those kids, like I think now, like those kids are like the gay kids, if that makes sense. You know, like these, like social justice warriors. Those are like the nerds now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. kind of, like I think so. Yeah. Like, like I think it's kind of connected, right? Because I think for for your generation, it was like the goth kids, right? And then mine, it's like the emo kids, and now it's like the, the gay kids, I guess. Right? Because I just saw, a, <laughs> I just saw a study. I think this was. Um, on the daily wire that's something like 40 percent of of uh like young people identify as like lgbtq
0: yeah it's probably them
1: yeah like like that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it it used to be like you know oh i think i
0: I had a a good uh pronoun there it's them not they them but just them they were them they were them yeah
1: that that sounds about right
0: (laughs) yeah I think so. I mean, like I didn't have anything against them back then. I was like, no,
1: there
0: was this one girl who was like she was like a little like bigger, right but she yeah. was uh she wore the black and she had the purple I'm like, oh man, I like her style, you know but then again, like I was kind of like I felt like I was a neutral kid
1: back yeah.
0: then grade eight into high school, like um middle school into high school. I was all, I always felt like I was, like, in the middle, you know? Like, I just like what I like. And you you guys seem to me like you like what you like because you're trying to fit into some kind of fucking uh, click, you know? And I was never like that. I was always the guy that would always come around to all the other cliques and be, be like, hey, what's going on, guys, you know? And huh. I'd be accepted. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, why do people have to have, like, followings or why do they have to be so different than everybody else like you dress differently and everything like I just wear band t-shirts that I like you know like
1: yeah (laughs) but you know I think it's funny though because like I think like your generation like I think my parents were way cooler teenagers than I was than I was you know like substantially cooler than than I was probably because by the time yeah like you know within the last 10 years it's like I don't, I don't remember in high school, it being like, you know, these big parties and things like that. Like, that's just, that wasn't a thing anymore. Right. And I guess you could blame it on like the cell phones and stuff like that. I think it'd only be worse for like the younger people now.
0: Oh, I would imagine because I think everybody's way too involved in the black mirror right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the phones and the, and the video games and stuff. Right. Like,
0: you know, like my
1: my parents have made remarks, like because I was such a good kid, right? Like I barely pissed them off ever, right? You know, I didn't like I didn't date, you know, boys they didn't approve of. You know, I wasn't like sneaking out and shit, but they were doing that stuff. You know, like they were red, way, red. they were they were way cooler than I was.
0: Throwing w- rocks at their uh crushes' windows and shit.
1: I, I don't know if they were doing that, but like my you know like my my dad like you know, like played guitar and stuff and, you know, it was really cool. And my mom, my mom went to tons of concerts and stuff, you know, like it wouldn't be abnormal. Like if I'm sitting here talking to my mom, she'd be like, Oh, I saw that big concert. You know, I saw them in concert. Right. It's like, yeah, they were way cooler than I was (laughs) like,
0: yeah, dude. Like, honestly, when I was, um, when I was about five, six years old, I had, uh, and you can look on my, my Instagram, for this one, but uh, my brother, I believe it was my brother, he did my makeup as the drummer from Kiss as Peter Chris, yeah. And uh, I got another kid at school into Kiss, like, I gave him one of my records and that I have a double of, and he listened to it and he became a fan. And then <laughs> we were telling people, well, we're doing a concert after work, right? And this was a Halloween day, right? It was a Halloween. Yeah. And we dressed up as Kiss, him and I, or he put on some next, next shit. I don't even know what it was, but like it was me and three other kids. And I was Peter Chris and I sat up on the fucking uh, monkey bars as the drummer. And, I, and we played Kiss on the ghetto blaster and we're like rocking out with like air guitar, air drum, air bass, air guitar, oh my singer. Gosh. Yeah. And like, we got a concert gathered together after school in the playground and people were just like laughing at us and shit but we didn't give a shit you know
1: how how just, old would you have you been then
0: i was like 5 or 6 oh my
1: god <laughs> yeah you 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 were way cooler than i ever was oh my gosh it was crazy?
0: great and i got a picture of me and my me and my buddy uh on at the night in the nighttime where he was dracula and i was peter Chris and um yeah, you guys can see that on my Instagram if you scroll all the way down.
1: Okay, well, you should do us all a favor, and you should scroll all the way down, and then just repost it for us.
0: Yeah, I'll probably repost it. Yeah,
1: because that that just sounds that just sounds epic, I'll, I'll, right?
0: We put that up for uh, the listeners, you know? We yeah,
1: but I think that just is a testament to the time, right? Like now, it's you know Spotify and Apple Music and stuff. It was way cooler back then, where it was like. yeah we were like yeah
0: we were like sharing records and stuff you know and tape cassettes like
1: Like, it's not do you ever find when you're on like spotify do you ever find like you're shocked to see like what like the number one downloaded song of like a band you like always always. yeah so it's just like i think it is it is changing right because i find myself shocked too sometimes we are like that's the most downloaded song really like you know yeah, I, it's I, like,
0: that's like their fucking worst song
1: <laughs> yeah you know yeah like that's I, th- I think that's funny how 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 that is right i just think it was so much cooler when it was like you just listen to a record right now we have just uh, such an abundance of music that you could listen to whatever you wanted at the touch of your hands right right like does that i think in some ways that makes it worse like i remember like when i had an ipod and I was listening to, you know, I was listening to, you know, I listened to modern music, but then I also listened to a lot of, you know, 50s music, right? And I replayed so much of the stuff, you know, and, and I think you, you kind of feel it. And It was funny and prepping for this, this episode, I re-listened to a couple Buddy Holly albums and I still knew all the words. I was shocked.
0: Oh, no. What's like if you if you love something like when it comes to music, you're never going to forget it.
1: Yeah, it's it's there. Right? Like
0: I've been I've been re-listening to Corn uh, lately, and I sent you a song the other day, and you're like, "Oh, that's a lot of words, right?" Yeah,
1: that was you. You sent that to me, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's just words."
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was me back in the mid '90s. That was me, right? Like listening to Corn because that's when new metal started hitting, right? Yeah, and um, I still love Corn. Like, fuck, they're great, but uh, and I find their name hilarious. Um, but anyway, like. Uh, yeah, it's just, like, I, I, music, for me, music is, like, time traveling.
1: It is. It is, you know? Like, you yeah. just, and I think the thing I love so much about 50s music is, like, the innocence of it, you know? Like, the yeah, songs, are just, they're just so sweet, right? Like, they're, you know, they're, they're sweet, and they're, like, you know, like the Beatles, like, talking, like, oh, I want to hold your hand, you know? And then, like, now you think, you know... 70, now it's like i
0: want to come over your face by yeah like-
1: you know like there's like <laughs> that stupid WAP song right
0: yeah what ass the fucking now it's all about fucking shaking your fucking ass and burying your yeah. nose in this asshole it's like holy shit dude where did where does sanctity go you know it's gone
1: And I I think that's part of like we were talking about earlier is that in the fifties and stuff, you were just selling a sound, right? Because you were just being listened to on the radio, right? A lot of people didn't even know what you looked like. Right. So it's like, it was just selling a sound right now. It's selling an aesthetic. It's selling an image. An
0: image. It's like,
1: yeah. And, and these tours, they got to be just like crazy, you know, like they're all the lights and the, the background dancers and stuff and they're fun and people enjoy them, but, But I think like if we just brought it back more to the roots where it was just a show, man, like, yeah, like,
0: like you're a fucking fat retard or whatever, but you still can play really good music.
1: You're not going to get
0: it because you're not, you don't have silver or fucking gold fucking chops
1: teeth. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you're not waving your fucking money all over the place. Like, come on, man. Like we have gone in such a fucking wrong direction when it comes to music
1: like and you got to think that the energy at those shows were probably like nothing we've ever experienced right because i i i think the the love like you know people had right cuz again that might have been the first time they ever seen these artists what they even looked like right you know so like i, I think there is like you know may, maybe something arguably almost spiritual about seeing seeing those bands right and it's just a guitar right you know just just the amplified music, right? Not these big screens where you can, you know, see their faces and these lights and these dancers. And, you know, they shoot confetti and all that crazy stuff now. Right. And it's, you know, which
0: isn't a bad thing. I mean, when it comes know, to like, when it comes to like big tours and shit, you want to, you want a show as well.
1: Well, right? exactly. But I think we've kind of, you know, it's, it's selling a show more than just like the music, you know?
0: Yeah, so, for like, sure. I, I think
1: if, I think, if we got back to maybe more of those like roots and stuff like that. You well, know? How,
0: look, look at Travis Scott, right? Like he did yeah. that. thing. And it's just like, he puts all the fucking bullshit Freemasonry uh, imagery up and everything. And it's like, why do you have to do that?
1: Oh, I know. Your,
0: your music, quote unquote music, which I think it's fucking shit. But anyway, should speak for itself.
1: Well, yeah, you and it's know. like most of us didn't even know who he was, right? Like,
0: yeah, it's like honestly, like I see a fucking new rapper every day, and I'm like, I'm just posting in the comments like, who? Yeah, I have no idea who these fucking people are.
1: Well, you post your shit on <laughs> Soundcl- SoundCloud. Everybody's a rapper, right? Yeah,
0: it's it's like there's they're turning non talent into talent, and it's it's fucking disgusting to me.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't have to have talent anymore, right? If you like, just...
0: learn, learn, pick up a fucking guitar, learn how to play it, actually be talented, and then get big. But no, they're turning these little pylons that are useless that are mumbling into a microphone uh, into these fucking major stars, and it's it's gross.
1: Well, like,
0: oh, like, well, gross. Well,
1: and I think that proves like pretty much what we've been saying this whole this whole episode is you know it's about selling an image now, it's an image whether that's a, you know talent it, it doesn't matter right it's just an image yeah you know? if they can get a you know a hot chick right you know if they can get her to sound half decent yeah they'll put her on an album right you know and, and,
0: and they're gonna all they're gonna say is like yo I slapped my fucking log on her face and she's got big ass and lips and. It's like, what? And people just fucking eat it up. It's like candy. It's gross.
1: Well, yeah, and then they pick the radio stations, pick what plays, right? Like, you know, you could just, like, the radio stations are all owned by the same people. I think pretty much every, the radio stations that you listen to in your city are probably owned by the same people that in, in my city. Right? And they, the, that's, that's what they pick that gets, you know, big, right? Because they just start playing a song, right? you know and then oh that song gets featured on you know some commercial or something or some movie oh well then it goes up on the downloads go up on itunes or whatever and then this person's big right you know it was and
0: this yeah and this tie uh, ties all into uh the plane crash to me yeah like they were trying to change the narrative back then exactly i think you know, like we can't have the these cookie cutter pretty, pretty boys on stage anymore. We have to have like the worst of the fucking worst
1: well, and, and make
0: it the best.
1: And let's point out that they were, they were religious, right? You know, right. They, they were, were
0: God, God fearing individuals.
1: Yeah. The last thing Buddy Holly did before he went on tour in Lubbock, Texas, is he wrote a $500 check for his church. And he was broke. He was broke. That's why he was going on the tour. And he always gave money to his church. He was the type of man that didn't want women to even see him smoking a cigarette. You know, like that was the God, gentleman. God wants
0: his soul, you know.
1: Yeah, like that's that's so authentic, right? Like he he was somebody who would refuse to swear or smoke a cigarette in front of a woman, right?
0: Yeah, like the the wholesome is dead. You know, it is. It's. Me- and and the, the the parasites killed it. Let's face it,
1: they did. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm,
0: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna honestly say, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, I'm honestly gonna say, like that plane crash, I think it had to do something with the parasites.
1: Probably. Do you think I'm gonna quote something? Fraser actually said the one day to me. So if the Titanic happened now, like that, you know, women and children first, right? I think the men now would punch women to get on one of those boats, right? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So, you, you know, it's a, it's a testament to, to, like, men now, right? How, you know, feminism has beaten men down and also men have had to be less of gentlemen too, right? Right? I, I, I think that's part of it, right? Which like, it,
0: it makes It makes the whole uh getting together and having a marriage like destroyed.
1: It exactly. Yeah,
0: like we've become so disgusting as a society. It's it's so overwhelming to me. And it's obvious, you know? If you can't see that it's
1: well if then, you can't see you're blind, yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. You know?
1: You know, like we have to you, you know we have to fight for, for this matters, right? Like, the family unit matters, right?
0: Right. And despite my views on marriage, I, I, I just believe that we should be with somebody uh, and not have to get married uh, through the government system and all that shit. We talked about this uh, the other day when we're, while we were playing Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, we should just be with somebody who we know we're going to be good with and we don't have to be, it should be separate from the government, you know? It doesn't have to be a, a, an institutional thing, but I definitely believe that monogamy is the way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, dude, like, seriously, like, uh, we should wrap it up because we're getting pretty damn close to two hours.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but uh, we could probably do uh, a two-parter on this. Like, For this sure. is a music the, the how music ties into spirituality and everything it's it's amazing.
1: no, I definitely think we should uh we should do this again. um I know I probably forgot some things there were some things I wanted to to mention. yeah, obviously are completely gone, so I definitely think we should uh we should do a part two and uh you know I guess comparing this to you know you and Alan talking about movies, right I think music and movies are a great way to you know make our friends woke, right.
0: For sure. Yeah. You know, and we can, a- we can go more into like the, uh, late sixties, early seventies, like stuff like that later on in the next part.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. You know, whenever, uh, whenever you want to, I'm down. I, you're one of my most favorite people to talk to. So I'm oh, so glad, you. I'm so glad you uh, let me come on again. So.
0: Yeah. Anytime, dude, you know, uh, this is great. You know, we, we struck up a great friendship here and, uh, I love it, you know.
1: I think we really did. We're we're a funny pair, right? We're, you know, separate parts of the country, you know. <laughs> Completely different ages, but we've managed to form this camaraderie, right? So
0: Yeah, it's great. Cool dude. So, thank you for thank you so much for coming on and I appreciate you. I love you and uh you and Fraser uh you know, do what you got to do tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sounds good and everybody okay. go give the goat some money give nigel hell yeah
0: it'll I, come you know i i, I, kid, so.
1: I hear Davey's not feeding his goat so it's us we have to yeah we gotta
0: goat. we have to get we have we have to help nigel break free from the matrix
1: he's the last pure and good thing in this world so we have to you know <laughs> we have to we have to let, <laughs> let nigel survive right so
0: exactly <laughs> Oh, and I'm going to give you credit right now that you you named him.
1: I did. I did name him, and I, I also told you you should have a goat logo too. So I can't. I didn't draw him. That was your uh, your friend did a wicked job drawing that. Oh off. my god! Right?
0: And if anybody hasn't seen the uh, <laughs> the subliminal message in him, uh, look at his nose, and you'll find out. <laughs> On that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it off. So Sounds good. Peace out, girl. Have a good night.
1: You too. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you guys once again for tuning into the Red Pill Cartel. Um, I really hope you enjoyed that episode as much as Shayla and I did, because, oh my god, one of my passions is music, and... uh, Yeah, this really, really hit home for me. I felt very inspired to do another episode on this, so I hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope you tune in for the next one because we're probably gonna do an- another another part to this. So, you know, um, just uh, like, subscribe, share, share it to- share it all over the place because the show needs to grow. Uh, I feel like I'm doing more productivity with this than i am in my day job so uh you know if you want to if you love the show uh send some extra shekels my way monthly three dollars five dollars ten dollars whatever you wish uh your heart's desire wherever it goes you know help nigel break free from the from the matrix because he's stuck there and he needs uh, he needs your help to get out so uh I implore you, you know, I, I love you guys and, uh, you know, follow me on Instagram, follow Shayla. I'll put it all in the show notes. Um, I love you guys and thank you so much for tuning in and you have a good one and may the most high
1: bless you and keep you. Thank you.